0: well hello my spilled milk podcast loves it's me i'm back back for more fun it's season two and there is no greater person that i want to start season two with than this person not only does she help us out with counseling but today she is going to share with us the journey of nursing Past toddlerhood. Yeah, I said it right. Nursing past toddlerhood. Put your eyebrows down, okay? Take all of your stigmas off. Take it off like a jacket, and we're going to open up our ears and hear from a different place. Because typically we come with breastfeeding past six months and 12 months with a whole different mindset. We're going to break some of those stigmas today. We're going to question them. I think it's important that we explore so that we can have a better understanding and figure out what really works for us. Our individual selves, not with everyone around us says, but what works for our individual lifestyle. All right, well, welcome to the stage. You know how they say that, it's a comedian. Welcome to the stage. Miss Salima Turner. I feel like we need our senior heart. Go for it.
1: Kendra, thank you for helping me. It's so good to be back into this space. It seems like we did this like a week ago, but it's been some time and it feels so good to be back. So thank you, thank you, and thank you.
0: It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Now, for those of you that are new, maybe you didn't listen to season one. You're like, who is Miss Celine Turner? I don't know. Well, let me give you a recap. Us she is a licensed counselor, is the number one reviewed podcast. So they're Clearly, it's some amazing information in there. If we are suffering with postpartum depression, if we're suffering with anxiety, if we're suffering, what does that look like? What is normal? What is abnormal? So if you have not listened to season one, go back, go back. That's a little tidbit about her and her bio is, of course, listed at the bottom. But I want to jump in to the matter at hand, Salima. Tell us a little bit about your journey of breastfeeding past one year.
1: Okay. Gosh, I don't even know where to start with this. So, um, so initially, it this was supposed to be um maybe maybe 6 months. So, we got to the 6-month mark and of course, it got a little bit easier and okay, that this 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 is okay. This is working. Um, time flies fast. We made it to the first year. Oh my goodness. This is amazing. Like I am breaking records here. <laughs> records that I kind of set for myself. So, it got easy. And it got it just way easier, so then one year turned into two years, two years turned right. into three, so in between all of that it's you know it's living life, it's working, it's um she's in daycare, it's figuring out um how to express milk on the go because she wasn't with me. she was no longer an infant, so she was going to school, it's balancing it with that, it's balancing this with having to work we mastered that. Year number three, okay, COVID hit. So that was a little bit of a challenge because life all of a sudden just took a different turn. So everyone's routine was off. So I have this this, um, toddler that's home with me all the time working from home. And so that looked a little bit like infancy with wanting to nurse um, every couple of hours because everything was just all okay. so nursing for her was the thing that was constant. But we got through it. Once the routine became normal, um, she was yeah, a regular a regular three-year-old. But we got through that. And then <laughs> year number four, okay, we're still going. This is like really, really easy. There's really no need to stop. This time flew by so fast. And so fast forward, here we are, my baby, she'll always be my baby, but she is five. She turned five in January of this year and we still have not stopped. So here we are five, like we'll be heading to kindergarten in in the fall. Five. Oh my goodness. Five years old.
0: Oh my goodness. It's just an amazing thing. Okay. So. Let's take a pause because what I don't want our listeners to think is that your journey was always easy. We know statistically oh, wow. one in four mothers, one in four have like this picture perfect journey where nothing ever goes wrong. They're just like, oh, my goodness, the world should breastfeed. is so easy. One in four. Now, I don't want the people to think you're the one in four. OK,
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that was not
0: me. So tell us something about like tell us what you had to endure before breastfeeding became like second nature.
1: Yes. We were the little engine that could not breastfeed. (laughs) Um, I love it. (laughs) We just, we could not. So in the beginning, um, so yeah, I'm going to go way back in time because it, this, this was not easy. It's very easy now, but, um, we, you know, we had some humble beginnings and that's kind of, that's putting it mildly. So, um, Naila was born at, um, Thirty thirty six weeks and five days, so I learned that um, you know she was IUGR. So essentially, she stopped growing in the womb. So I don't okay. like give the whole story because it's a lot. But she stopped growing in the in the womb. So the plan was to um, give birth to her um, at thirty seven weeks, mm. and so couldn't quite make it to thirty seven. So I was two days short of thirty seven, but ended um, ended up having a C section. So Naila was born um, like emergency C-section. There's a lot of stuff in there. So I don't want to scare the people, but an emergency um, C-section. And she was three pounds, 6.2 ounces.
0: Uh, okay. So let's I, pause and reflect. Yes. Because this is a great moment for the mothers that share that space that thought that breastfeeding and birthing was going to go one way. And it turned out completely different. Okay. That is a mental shift that you had to take. Because we all expect to have this natural birthing journey and the baby just we're in the tub, the baby floats out or we take our epidural and we push and here we are. Um, Typically mothers don't sign up for premature deliveries, NICU stays and C-sections. Like it's not something you normally put in your, Oh yeah, that's definitely going to be in my birthing plan. So for those mothers, for those families Um, that have had that moment of time where it shifts quickly, like your birthing process and the care of your baby and the health of your baby shifts quickly, it is okay to take a pause and realize that things change. And when things change, you got to shift with it, right? That's important to pause and reflect. So I just wanted to take that moment because we skip over those scary parts because we don't want to relive them. But sometimes when you relive them, you're able to settle in and be like, wow, but we made it. But we're here, we're happy, we're healthy, we're whole, and we're good. Okay, um, that's my inner. Go ahead, I'm done interrupting.
1: So that was not, clearly, I mean, you outlined that beautifully. That was not a part. of the plan. So I had did I had a doula I had all this stuff had my birth plan. And this was supposed to be like a water birth because had been doing that research looked cool. And it's like, this is what I want to do. But all that stuff went out the window. And um, yeah, I was told that yeah, that's not going to be an option for you. <laughs> but that's okay. We shift and you go with it. Because um, yeah, I wasn't in control of, over that process. My baby mm-hmm. had a whole God and my baby had a whole different plan. Um mm-hmm. roll with it. But I um gave birth to this little three pound baby. And um I did the research on breastfeeding, did all this stuff, read the books, had the the um the midwife was helping, the all the texts, everything was in the Facebook groups, did everything, studied it, but I had this little um premature infant, teeny tiny little thing that could not latch on. Mm. It just it right. was not happening. So the beautiful thing about my journey was that I gave birth in, um, in a hospital, shout out to West Suburban Hospital in Oak Park. And Mm -hmm. they had a phenomenal, phenomenal, um, team on that labor and delivery floor, phenomenal Mm -hmm. lactation counselors, phenomenal. Um, yeah. And they helped us with that process with a, a birth story that was opposite from what I wanted. Right. And that's where it started. Okay.
0: So you had to endure lots of. First of all, we already know that babies that are premature, right? And there's, so we automatically know that premature classified babies do not have the muscle tone. They don't have the rhythm, the rhythm of moving the muscles of the cheeks and the tongue together. Some babies that are born premature, especially three pounds, don't even have suck reflexes to even know that they should be feeding yet. So that made that allows that parent to have to rely heavily on pumping and pumping is a mixed journey because it's like I call pumping like faith okay when you pump the first time you don't see anything and you can typically get discouraged but like faith is believing in what you can't see you know it's there and if you keep working at it you will eventually see the fruits of your labor would you would you agree with that Oh,
1: wholeheartedly That was that was the the journey. I mean, just as you outlined it, um, there was nothing there. It's like, well, this wasn't in the book that I read, but okay, that's okay. So I got these people here, these lactation counselors, phenomenal team of people. So I'm going to trust that they know what they're talking about. That is there. It's just taking a little while for it to come. Um, You know, day one, nothing. I mean, I had a C-section. So that whole process of, okay, where am I? What's going on? And I got to get up and start moving. So battling through that. But day one, Okay, nothing. Day two. And it's like, okay, this stuff isn't here. Like, help. Like it's not here. And then I think by day three, it's like I woke up and it's whoa, okay, I've got these two like little rocks just kind of just kind of sitting here. Okay, yeah, you all were right. It's here. So I can recall like frantically pushing. the button to get the lactation counselor in the room because I don't know what to do with Mm -hmm. these. I got to like feed this baby and okay, I was pumping. So they kind of, you know, had me doing that in the, you know, in the meanwhile, but um, this, I don't, this was not in the textbook like help because I don't know what to do. And I allowed that um, lactation counselor. She did ask for permission to touch me, but she essentially helped me to learn how to hand express. Okay. Didn't know I'd have to do that. I thought I would have this little newborn baby that would like to run with this hand expression stuff.
0: I call it the untold stories of postpartum. Like I did not know I was going to need people helping to massage my breast. I did not know this things they never told me. Okay. okay. This
1: is a new one, but help. And she did it for me. I stood there and she showed me how to do it. And I was okay with it. Help get this stuff out. Um, because yeah, th- I, what do I do? good so
0: now we know that the base of your journey was not just easy peasy let's fast forward because I want you all to understand that her journey was not easy but yet she still decided to be consistent no matter what the journey brought she was consistent with it and then once she got to what what number month did you feel like okay I feel like I have this down. Like, I feel like we're in a groove.
1: Um. So my personal goal for myself, I think I took about three months off from maternity leave. And I said, okay, we've got to, we got three months <laughs> to kind of figure this out Um. because she would have to go to daycare so that I can return to work and all of that stuff. So I, yeah, by the time I, um, that three months was over, she was able to latch on, so that was a start. And pumping, so that was a different journey there to be able to produce enough milk to be able to send to daycare because she would not be with me. So that had its own set of just issues because production mm-hmm. for me wasn't always where it needed to be, but we hung in there. But, um, probably. Three months. And and I knew I wanted to do it. So that was my motivation. I knew it wasn't going to be easy, um, just given what I had already gone through. But I, I have had other challenges in life. This is one. We'll figure it out.
0: That's good. So challenge number two, you threw in there was milk production issue, but you kept pushing along, returning to work. Number three, like going to daycare, trying to figure that out. This is not easy for you. So let's let's break down. Let's break this down because now this is where I want you guys to take off. Let's hear, clear your ears out. Okay. Take your stigmas off, take them off. All right. I want you to hear from a space of what breastfeeding past one year looks like. Okay. What breastfeeding into toddlerhood, two threes, fours, what does it look like? We often think that a baby's going to be pulling our shirt up in public. Like that's, We think the worst. We think that we're going to be sitting in church and this child is going to come and tap us and expose everything. We think we go so extreme that we never sit and really talk to someone that is currently in the process of what it really looks like. Now, I'm not saying that this is for everyone, but what I am encouraging you to do today during this podcast is to hear with an open heart to see if it's a journey that maybe you want to try that maybe is for you because now you've seen it from a different lens. So what would, let's talk about currently, how many times does your child breastfeed?
1: Okay. So yes, it's not very often. Um, it's probably about two times a day. So that looks way different than it did before. It's that routine of, you know, every couple of hours, removing milk, um, hand expressing, pumping, um directly to the breast it is not like that anymore so we we met we mastered all of that we were good to go and the way my body worked back then was if i didn't remove milk within a couple of hours using whatever method i'd get a headache mm, okay my migraine body's like yes you have to remove milk so i could always tell if it's um, if two hours had passed or three, depending on the the level of intensity, you know, this headache was so that was back then. So I'm in a space now where I can go an entire day. Um, you know, if she doesn't nurse that day. I can go an entire day without removing milk. So right now we're at about two times. So it's first thing in the morning. So she's five years old, all teeth, all of that stuff, go to the dentist, all that stuff, full sentences, everything. So first thing in the morning, my baby needs her energy drink. This is what she calls it. That's her milk. (laughs) That's cute. First thing in the morning, (laughs) energy drink, her words, first thing in the morning. And then at nighttime when it's time to go to bed. So for her, it's comfort. Okay. So to get her to go to sleep, you know, this is what she wants to do. So it's just two times a day. Um, we are obviously, you know, we're out. We're you know, go to the stores. You know, whatever we do, there's no lifting of shirts. There's none of this this stuff. This it's a two two times a day. That is it. So it looks way different. Mm-hmm. Um, she's able to ask for what she wants.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if we go back in time, she, um, you know, it. I dictated the timing, the setting, the number of pillows, um, the location in the in the house or in the room, or if we're in public, I dictated all of that. But she's a little older now, so she dictates this. So she's able to tell me um, she might want me to sit up because now she wants to watch TV or play with her tablet while she's getting milk.
0: That's good.
1: So she kind of <laughs> is able to dictate this. Um, she's definitely not nursing for a long time. She might be done in two minutes. It's really quick. Okay. So, so my world is not like revolving around nursing this five-year-old. It isn't. Two times a day. Very good. That's nothing.
0: That's nothing. That's good. Now, what what have you come up against When you share your journey with people, do you get the, listen, cause we know our people. Okay. I know them. I love y'all. And I know, I know the side eyes come out the, Oh my goodness. Like, have you experienced any of those things? And if so, how did you combat it? Was it walk away? Was it educate? Like, how did you, how did you address it?
1: Okay. So yes, there, yes, there is a stigma. Um, online and social media spaces oftentimes people will assume it was a typo like you meant to say like five months old and not like five years old so no it wasn't a typo I said I said five years (laughs) we've been at this five years no typos Mm -hmm. um so that's that's the first thing um let's see um you know for the most part we're not in public or anything anymore um it's at home it's wake up it's um go to bed. So we're home. So no one really sees us in public or anything. Um, other people, it's a, whoa. So like, she's got teeth, right? Yeah. full of teeth. Like all of them are there. All of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So at that piece, um, if I'm up to it, you know, it's education, educating about the latch. We mastered that um, Yeah, before um, maternity leave. Mm-hmm. So within that 12-week time frame when she was an infant, a newborn, we got that down. So there are no issues with the latch. Um, we've, We've mastered that. We're beyond that point. So it's the same thing. I guess she remembers how to do it, haven't had any issues. The pain comes from, okay, you want me to sit up, and you're trying to turn your head to watch Peppa Pig on the TV. Okay, this is uncomfortable. Or well, I was really wanting to lay down because I'm tired, but you want me to sit up. I don't really want to do that right now. So you want to sit up and nurse and play with the tablet. This is uncomfortable. That has nothing to do with the lack. You're right. Lack is perfect.
0: Yeah. That's
1: it's the positioning in these extra things, or you want to hold this stuff animal like and nurse, like this is uncomfortable. But or you want to lay on top of me. No, <laughs> I, I want to sit up. That's the discomfort. Okay.
0: But that's actually, if we think about that in a bigger spectrum, let's turn our minds because that teaches you how to problem solve early with your child instead of waiting to middle school hmm, okay, or high school when you like, listen, child, you're trying to throw up. You've already established a communication system. I can openly tell you this is not cool. I do not like it. Let's figure out something that works for us. You're already mm-hmm. practicing these tools that most parents wait late in the game to practice problem solving. Some of us adults can't even problem solve with our family members and partners. We just, <clears throat> anyway, different conversation. Let me reel it back in
1: Indeed.
0: I'm just saying <laughs> it looks different twice a day, two minutes, three minutes, figuring out what positions work better. This is not, now let me just throw this out here. I'm going to be real honest with y'all because y'all know me, Okay. This is no form of child abuse. It's not. We know that breastfeeding still has power after 12 months. It has been proven by the World Health Organization. It has been proven by the American Academy of Pediatrics. The only thing that hangs on our heads about this is opinions from others and stigmas that we think but have never researched in. Babies do not use their teeth to breastfeed. They don't. If they get upset with you, if they're trying to tell you something and you're ignoring them, will they use some teeth to be like, listen, lady, sure, they'll try it. Just like we try to use other ways of mechanisms to communicate. We yell, we scream, we throw stuff, we walk away. Uh, We go on Facebook and blast people. I mean, just things like that, okay? It is an extension of parenting, not even a form. It's an extension of parenting, love, and nurturing. And most importantly, nutrition. Hello
1: and this is the space that i come from in educating it's all of that and so that's the stuff that cannot be disputed like your opinion like yeah we everyone has one so i can dispute that we can go back and forth we can argue but everything that you just said that's the space that i come from you know if i do get someone that wants to challenge because we can't dispute that stuff there's science there's evidence this is supported i can show you a study here's a link <laughs> here's the aap here's the world health organization and you go from that space and then it kind of quiets down and people can learn something.
0: That's good. I'm going to leave you guys. We're going to wrap this up and I'm going to leave you with this. Okay. Reason. Just three days ago, I walk into a room. There was a lady that birthed um, her third baby from Kenya. And um, she. we're talking back and forth with the interpreter. And she's questioning me about what I do because she just thinks it's crazy. Okay. And I get this all the time. Because she says, well, this is not something that is common where I'm from because we just breastfeed our children to about two, three and four. And depending on where you are from and how much wealth you have, you breastfeed longer because that not only is a form of nutrition for the baby, but it also is a form of nutrition for the family. Because this is what she says, when I'm not able to go and purchase milk because I don't have the money to, then I use my own. And that is how some of our ancestors Mm. in her family, she meant ancestors, survive. Hmm. That's greater food for thought. Something that we are so easily dismissive of and opinionated about is literally, and it's not even a second thought. Anything else, Selima? before we log off?
1: Medical professionals, I think that it's so important to connect with a lactation counselor to be able to get the information about the how-tos, all of it to answer questions. Um, Because sometimes our medical professionals, um, you know, and they're phenomenal at what they do, but they may not be well-versed in breastfeeding. And that can be a challenge that can cause the experience to take a different turn. So lactation counselors matter they're good at what they do. do. (laughs) And I am grateful that I had access to a few of them to help me because without them, I would have probably stopped this at six months.
0: Let the people know if they need your services, tell them where they can find you.
1: My my website, it's um, actually my name. It's um, SS and Sam N, and Nancy Turner, T U R N E R.com. So on there, you can get mental health information as well as information regarding um, lactation. www.snTurner.com.
0: Thank you, everyone. Give Salima some air class. You can follow me at thespillmilkpodcast.com.